Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us every Friday. Well, today we're joined by a couple of educators from out in the state. Uh, Rowdy Washburn, who's a member of the Professional Educators of Norman. How are you, Rowdy? Doing well, thanks. Good. Tell us what you teach. Um, right now I teach fourth and fifth grade virtually. Okay. And uh, Rena Grissom, who's a member of the Bartlesville Education Association. Rena, how are you? I'm doing good. doing good. And what are you teaching this year? Um, this year, I'm teaching seventh grade English language arts. I am doing both in person and virtual learning. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so we wanted to talk to you guys. Both of you are, are relatively new to the classroom. Within the first five years. Yep. Um, so what are some issues that you guys are seeing from the perspective of, of new newer educators um, when it comes to what your colleagues, your age, your like state in your like status in your careers you know what i'm saying what are you guys needing right now what are the challenges you guys are facing right now that are that might be a little different from your more experienced colleagues i think resources mainly um I, i'm in entering well now this is my third year uh-huh. and so you know your first year you're creating the wheel and the second year you're like oh i've got this and then the third year is supposed to be bliss like oh yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah, sorry Except about that. Now I'm teaching in a pandemic. Yeah, now I'm teaching in a pandemic and the wheel's on fire. Yeah. So- Surprise! <laughs> Man, how many times yeah. did people tell you, don't worry, by the third year, everything's going to be fine? People told me that, but then it, yes. yeah, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Yeah. Then a pandemic happens. Yeah, it's terrible. But <laughs> I think for me, it's just like, what's expected of me? You know, mm. I'm, I'm very much a type A person. I can do it. I can make all the lesson plans. But in a pandemic, when you're virtual half the time or um, and then you're in person, those lines get blurred. And so you don't really know exactly what's expected of you. And so just mainly resources. I want to know a game plan and let's stick with that game plan. Yeah. What about you, Renna? Um, So I think in a broad spectrum kind of thing, like I need I need more colleagues. I just need more of them. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, I, for me personally, like I am teaching in person and I have kids who are also learning asynchronously, asynchronously online. And so like having to balance that because we don't have enough teachers to teach virtual middle schoolers, uh, yeah. is very stressful. But I think, um, speaking as like me on the general, this is my third year teaching, uh-huh. um, Sorry, our apologies as well. (laughs) I just need, like, the right word is not sympathy. Like, I need... Support? I I feel like there's a a bigger, a a more defined word that I can't think of in this moment. Maybe I'll come back to it. Like, (laughs) I need people... To like recognize that like like Rowdy said like my wheel is on fire like yeah. I get that like people who have been doing this fifteen years like their wheel is like is really hot to touch yeah okay but my wheel is legitimately on fire and yeah. so like I need somebody to like help and like step in 
and like be that person and so like not just like a mentor per se but like I need a human resource so like yeah. I I have websites and softwares and hardware yeah yeah I need real human interaction to walk me through the basics of teaching still yeah. how to how to talk to parents in this, this when a specific issue comes up. And right. so like, I just come, I need that camaraderie. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I you think know, teachers just from a career teacher perspective, teachers are interactive and cum communicative beings. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be separated out as we are too, doing so much virtual and not having that interaction with our students and not having that interaction to bounce ideas off yeah. of constantly with our colleagues is really difficult. Um, so how can our colleagues and how can the OEA support our early career educators? I, I think I know this, oh, go ahead, Renette. Oh, all right. Um, I, I think that, um, I found a lot of solace in my local association. Mm. I mean, Carrie, our president, God love her. She's doing a phenomenal job. And, and you know, she's so always available and she hears all my complaints <laughs> or concerns. <laughs> and, and I think the local has really supported me. Um, mm. You know, I'm new to this district and I'm new to teaching two grade levels at the same time virtually. Yeah. And... I think just even being a sounding board for, and, and a lot of the times the, um, that's, that's what the local is. It's a sounding board for me. And so I get to bounce ideas around with career educators, um, with early career educators and veteran teachers who are all kind of in the same thing together. This is no one has taught during a pandemic before. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I've been leaning is, Hey, this, these are my people. This is my community. I need to stay involved. I need to stay plugged into this community because that's where I'm going to find resources. Whether that right. means, Hey, let's share the workload. You teach fourth grade virtually. I teach fifth grade virtually. Let's share some of that. You know, mm -hmm. how can we get this onto our platform? And let's, you know, because as an, if I were a first year teacher, burnout would be like after the second week, you yeah. know? And so, so the local has just been so phenomenal for me as just, um, a support, um, and really just as a backbone to keep pushing me forward mm -hmm. in this. What about you, Rena? I think, so I think that human resource that I was talking about, mm -hmm. um, and I had one in Ponca City, I think like a curriculum coach or something like that. Mm, yes. Um, but when I moved to Bartlesville, like, they don't have that at the middle school level, really. Mm -hmm. And so, like, having that person, having that sounding board, um, I think would be huge, would be helpful. And even if it's, like, across OEA, so, like, maybe my sounding board is in whatever district that doesn't have any neons or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I don't know. But, like, making that connection with somebody who may not even be necessarily in my building in my district but like yeah having that pairing would i think would be super helpful and just understanding like where i'm coming from and like obviously like Roddy said nobody ever had a pandemic before like nobody was sure. around 1918 but like just understanding that like we're all 
just trying to swim here. Right. Yeah. It helps, like, getting those opportunities to vent to a lot of people is helpful to me. But also, like, understanding that we're in the same boat. Like, I yeah. get on TikTok all the time. I love TikTok. <laughs> and there are so many solid TikTok teachers that I watch their TikToks because they're so, like, and it's not necessarily empowering. It's like, yeah, I, I'm i doing virtual and I'm doing yeah. asynchronous with my in-person and, like, creating those bonds, just, like, bonding. I want to I wanna bond with people. I want to become know, part of something. Like, as you talk about, listening to you both talk about this issue, and, you know, I think about how when you're together in a, in a normal school year, you know, I could just walk across the hall. I could pop my head around and say, hey, I'm working on this project. How would you do this? Or I'm having this issue with a student. How do you handle that? And that's really, there are no casual interactions like that. Even just like you were talking about, maybe not necessarily a formalized mentor, but there's not somebody, you can't just pop around and ask somebody. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that right now, which is a like a huge resource when you're new. It's just chatting with your right. colleagues about this stuff. I, I have my, my partner teacher, Heather Davis, which is our, the president of the BEA currently. And so I love her and she's yeah. a freaking genius. But like going over to her classroom and getting to talk to her is not something that is like right. encouraged. Because like you, you have to be not with somebody for like a certain amount of time or else that's considered a solid connection. And then if somebody were to get exposed and that connection right. would be traced. And right. So, like you have to be mindful of how long your interactions are. And right. just like shooting a text doesn't necessarily convey everything I need to convey. It doesn't take the place of human interaction. Right. But both of you guys are leaders in our in OEA's NEON group. Um, and I know that yes. that's been a source of uh, help and camaraderie, even though it hasn't been able to meet in person. I know you guys meet regularly. Why don't you tell our listeners what is Neon and um, and how how do you get involved? What are you guys doing? Renna, do you want to? So, Neon. Oh, oh. Wait, why did Neon do that? <laughs> <laughs> you have the same Neon. timing. Yeah. Neon is the new educators of Oklahoma Network. Uh, it was created out of a need for, hey, we need to make sure that our um, – early career educators are staying tuned in yes. to what our association's doing, um, how to get involved. Um, because the early career educators, I mean, we're the future of our association, mm-hmm. uh, state, statewide and, and, uh, nationally. And so, so we saw that need and we formed neon, but, and it was formed from early career educators as a resource for us. Um, and I've made, so many tight, close friendships through this because, I mean, I was in a school district that I was the local. And so Neon was such, um, or is such an important part of my experience with OEA. It's our community within the larger community. Mm. And so we check on each other. We make sure we're okay. And many times it is used as a sounding board, but many times I'm calling them about issues like, Hey, how would I, how would you approach the situation? Yeah. Because while I'm a third year teacher, we have people who've taught five years. And so they have more experience than I do. Mm-hmm. And it's, and you know, Catherine Bishop's there with us, which I think just speaks volumes to our association that the vice president is with the early career 
um, educators. And um, Neon, it's it's a place for me to uh, express concerns. And you know what? Also, just to hang out. You know, we, yeah. we, we spend a lot of time on just building community. Like, we all like each other. We're all friends. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. just something that we're just professionals and colleagues who get together just to discuss um, the politics of the association. We get together and we say, let's create a game plan that helps and supports early career educators within yes. our state, especially our members. And how would people get involved in NEON if they want to, if they want to, uh, if they're a zero to five year teacher, how, how do they get in touch so that they can join in? So we have a Facebook page. Um, we also have a section um, on the internet or on the OEA page, uh, OEA website. We have a section on the OEA website. Um, and then if you, so like we said, every week we are hanging out as friends. And so if you want to become part of that, right now we're doing it through Zoom. So like, yes, it's another Zoom meeting, but like it's with friends and so it's good. Um, but if you want to be a part of that Zoom meeting and you want to be a part of our um you know, that happy hour that we get together and just relax with each other. Yeah. Um, then definitely reaching out through um, the emails and the Facebook page listed on the OEA website. Like I think Catherine's email is on there and um, like we will send out that Zoom link to you. Absolutely. And you, so can, you, want me- you can find that information at okea.org slash neon, N-E-O-N. Yes. Well, yes, I. Well, we. Appreci- Sorry, yeah. No, no, I, like, I don't know the website. No, <laughs> no, that's, no, that's okay. okay. Um, we uh, we appreciate you guys taking time uh, to visit with us. This is a crazy time, and in a way, everyone is a first year teacher this year. Um, and we know you guys. Well, you said your wheels are on fire, so we appreciate you taking the time to to share your experiences so that other folks know this is this is what our our new educators are going through um and they need connection they need they need you and your uh your connection right now so we appreciate it and thank you i know um i know like one thing is oh like every teacher is going through this like huge trauma of all of this and so that's the big thing is like for some people this is one of the first traumas that they're experiencing. And so now they have to not only themselves go through the trauma, but now they have to help their students through the trauma and they have to be professional while they do it. And so like, I think another big thing that would help out a lot would just be information about how to properly work through that trauma, how to self care, therapy resources or stuff like that would be big for a lot of my colleagues, for a lot of me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we have some of those resources on our uh, website as well. Uh, we we had some professional development breakout sessions during the summer conference this mm-hmm. year. So we encourage people mm-hmm. to go visit the summer conference um, uh, professional development area and um, and revisit those. Self-care is super important. And, and that connectivity and connectionality that we have with one another cannot be set aside just because we're in a pandemic. So you both brought up such great points. Uh, we are so excited about the future of education because you're in it. 
Yes. And uh, can't wait to see where we go with you guys. Thank you so much for being on Fried Okra. Now we're joined by a longtime uh, member and friend of OEA, Heather Sparks, Director of Teacher Education at Oklahoma City University. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. Um, We wanted to visit with you uh, about um, what it looks like to be involved in your association throughout your career. Um, You were a student member, correct? I was. I first joined OEA as a student member at Oklahoma City University uh, my sophomore year of college. I remember vividly Floyd Cox coming on campus and doing kind of a recruitment tool, a tour. Uh, he did a little speech and encouraged us to join. And um, I was a little apprehensive because I had read a little bit about teacher unions and <laughs> teacher associations. And I wanted to know, you know, kind of what was going down. And uh, so I really kind of grilled him a little bit. But he did a great job of convincing me that OEA and NEA were the way to go. So wow. I signed up. To be fair, groups of teachers are quite frightening. Yes. Anytime there's like any several of us in a room, things get scary. Because bulletin boards go up and there's paint (laughs) and glitter. So so how did that um, how did that play into what you were doing as a student? Like how was your involvement? How did that connect with what you were doing as you moved through your courses and did student teaching and all of that good stuff? Well, you know, it actually had a profound effect because I not only became involved um, at our local chapter, which was very, very busy uh, on campus and off campus, but also I got involved in the student program at the state and national level. So just connecting with um, folks in the classroom when mm-hmm. I was developing my own professional um, kind of mindset mm-hmm. was just um, such an amazing impact. You know, I can think about I, I served as state student president, and so I served on the OEA board representing students. And just to be surrounded by all these committed professionals, um, yeah. they were amazing role models for me. Um, and I am forever grateful to have their influence early in my career. And fun fact, I joined SOEA because Heather was the state president at the time. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I was a couple of years younger than her at OCU. and um, And so that was, you know... Uh, her involvement was a driving factor in, in why I joined. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Good job, Heather. Thank you. Um, so what, so it's Heather's fault. (laughs) All of it. Either thank you or dang it, Heather. Um, so whenever you started teaching, you started your career in the classroom. Um, I mean, did you automatically know that you want to be part of OEA, NEA? Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. No question whatsoever. I knew that going in. Um, Interestingly, I didn't, you know, when I graduated from OCU with my early childhood degree, I didn't start teaching right away. Oh, Um, yeah? It was right after 1017 and just before they had kind of done the big push for hiring. So that hadn't quite kicked in yet. And so Mm. they weren't hiring early childhood folks yet. So I got hired by a nonprofit in Oklahoma City who also happened to pay for my master's in elementary ed. So I thought, well, that's a win-win. So I went ahead and stayed in school. So I had this little tiny hiatus where I wasn't teaching. But one of my professors in my master's program was a principal in Oklahoma City, and she Mm -hmm. recruited me to teach. And so I went to Wheeler Elementary and, of course, immediately joined OEA. Yeah, immediately joined OEA and uh, jumped right into the local association association. and just fell in love. I mean, I served from day one. I was on one committee or another. I 
designed our webpage. I did anything I could to really kind of support um, OEA in Oklahoma City because we were kind of the the underdogs, if you will, mm-hmm. um, since, since AST is the bargaining agent there. And so I just sure. really had a fun time um, just being, again, around professionals who were like-minded, who were very focused on improving the profession. Uh, and so that had always, you know, been a part of my soul, if you will, as a teacher, yeah. that that was what I was going to be a part of. So what does that look like when you talk about support? Like when you, I mean, I know that, you know, you had gotten your master's, you were trained, traditionally trained. Like what does that look like to have that concrete sort of assistance or help or network with other, with other teachers? Yeah, for me, it really was um, more than anything at the time, you know, just starting out very much the network of support, knowing I could turn to any colleague and say, hey, I'm really struggling with, you know, classroom management. I'm really struggling uh, meeting the needs of these um, learners that are struggling, uh, these second language learners. Um, Mm -hmm. What, you know, what resources can you direct me to or what advice can you give? I knew I always had someone to call on uh, and that made a huge difference. So what about now? What does that look like for you now? Uh, you're in academia. Um, yeah. After a long, uh, a long and, and great career yeah. in education, and uh, including teaching and administration. Mm-hmm. It's gone full circle. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Come full circle back to my home where I started. Um, and it, it's really awesome to be back on campus now where, where I first decided to become a teacher. You know, when I came to OCU, I was a music performance major. I was going to go and play in a philharmonic somewhere and <clears throat> did that, switch my major to music ed early in and did uh-huh. my first observations in that first course. I'm watching Hazel Gentry at Scoia Elementary um, work her magic with preschoolers made me just immediately fall in love and want to oh. be a teacher, come back and really just, you know, shift my major to early childhood. Um, so just having that as a foundation and now coming back full circle 28 years later, um, now I'm hoping to be that person for all these students who are aspiring to be amazing educators. And so my goal is, you know, as the director of the program, uh, to just continue to recruit great people and help them develop into the best professionals they can be. So what does that look like right now? I mean, COVID has made things ugh, weird in every direction of our lives. But I mean, yeah. I, do you guys have student teachers this semester? We do. We have student teachers and they are just doing amazing. Um, I'll tell you, we've got kind of a split experience. Well, all students do a split experience at SEU. So they do two uh-huh. different schools. Um, and so right now, I just finished my uh, week of tours of our students. And so some are actually in person with their students. So uh-huh. I got to see that. And then some I just lurked online with my camera off. And so I could observe them uh, virtually for those who are teaching virtually. And they are not missing a beat. You know, whatever, awesome. you know, the district throws at them, they are ready to do it. And it's so exciting to see. And our students preparing as well who are doing observations. That's been a big challenge. You know, that's part of a course requirement oftentimes. Yeah. We have, you know, six courses that require all these observation hours and finding spaces and places where students can get that experience um, has been a struggle in some respects, but it's been really good. And I keep reminding our students, this is actually a benefit for you. You're going to have a leg up because you 
are comfortable with the technology, sure. you can leverage that um, and really make a difference for these teachers who might be struggling. You can be a huge assistance to them while you're learning. So it's been it's been an interesting journey this semester. Can I just say I can I just I cannot strongly recommend enough observing a kindergarten PE class. I just right. <laughs> right. I have a kindergartner. It is just spectacular. I feel like every, yep. not even just future teachers. Everyone should see one. It's amazing. And, and yeah. things that you hear from that class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, that's why I was saying the other day that there are things that you probably didn't think that you would have to prepare for in, you know, when you're when you're in school, getting ready to be a teacher, you probably didn't have to prepare to say things like, don't do jumping jacks into the TV. And right. you can't. <laughs> Eat a snack while you're doing push-ups. That's not safe. Like, <laughs> Billy, put your cat down. Your cat doesn't want to do the jumping right, jacks. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it just—it seems like it would be such a fascinating time to to be an education student right now. I mean, you are seeing things that we've never nobody's ever seen in the profession. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And you tell them not to leave. Don't get scared. Right. You can do it. <laughs> right. I, I mean, this is the best profession. Uh, and, um, and right now they're learning so much about, um, you know, words that we just, that make us cringe, like grit. I mean, right. you know, yeah. it, it really is grit, yeah. gritting it out to, um, to figure out Canvas and Seesaw and yeah. all the, um, platforms that teachers are having to use and all the changes that they're having to go through. Yeah. And and your students are seeing that and um, experiencing it and um, learning how to be adaptable and flexible and yeah. and figure out ways to teach kids. Absolutely. It's, they're learning it. Um, and I think about when we're finally through COVID, you know, a year, year and a half from now, and some of these students are graduating and moving into their own classrooms that they'll be able to look fondly on these experiences and say, wow, I'm really glad now I have human <laughs> connections with my students in my classroom. Um, they'll be able to look back on this and, and hopefully they won't have to experience this again in the future. But if we do, they'll have that skill set. Yeah. They'll know they have developed it in college and that they have, you know, the capacity to really meet the needs of students, regardless of how education needs to happen. So to close out, what does the future of education look like to you? You know, working with these young students, oh my goodness, it just gives me so much hope. They yeah. are just the most amazing humans, and I am so proud of them. And it just just makes me thrilled for the future that we are developing these students who have such a full understanding of equity and fairness and mm -hmm. um, access and just all the issues that are kind of coming to a head this season. They are living it, um, and that's really influencing them. And I think that will make a difference in the classrooms of the future. Oh, man. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. The future is bright. It's going to be yes. good. Yep. So bright. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Heather. We appreciate you taking time to visit with us this morning. We appreciate the work you do with uh, future educators of Oklahoma. Well, thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. It's been fun talking with you all. And welcome to Alicia's Morning and Announcements. Do, 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 do. Let's do that again. And welcome to Alicia's Morning Announcements. Do, 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 do. 
OEA Fund for Children in Public Education uh, Steering Committee has a meeting tomorrow. And I'll just remind you that these are folks that donate to the fund or our PAC, mm -hmm. and then they are elected to represent the members on the PAC Council. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's from across the state. Each of the board members is a member, and then each region has, or each zone, has a member on the council that is elected as well. And we just completed some of those elections. Yeah. There's a, and there's a runoff in one of them as well. Ooh. So, it, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's super exciting. But the, so they'll be getting together tomorrow to make some more decisions about who we support as education candidates. And you can find all of that information in our election guide. Carrie, where is that election guide? Um, OKEA.org slash vote 2020. And I just, I want to make a quick point about the election guide. Um, there is a public version that anybody can view just at OKEA.org slash vote 2020. Um, but there's also a members only version that you can click and log in and it will show you all of the PAC recommendations, uh, the PAC recommended candidates. Um, but go and yeah, so you can go and check that out and um, either version, but if you want to see who's recommended, you can just log in. Uh, members can just log in and check it out. Yeah, and and um, we do not get involved in every single race, so we're very strategic with yeah. um, with who it is that we're going to get involved with, and mm -hmm. and they really have to be a, a a supporter of public education. Yes, and yeah, both and parties. If, both, yeah, I mean, both parties. Yeah, I mean, it represents our membership. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, both parties have elections coming up in November. Oh Speaking of which, yes. so make sure that you are um, putting in some sweat equity for some candidates who support public education. There are only a few Saturdays left and, um, and they need the extra help with, with campaigning differently. Um, yeah. They, they're writing postcards, handwritten notes uh, that you can help with, making phone calls on their phone banks, um, and doing literature drops. So we've got three set up uh, for tomorrow. If, you, if you're like me, you can turn your angst and uh, anxiety about everything into power walking through neighborhoods. Um, it's actually been, for me, very good for my mental health <laughs> to like exercise out uh, some of my great concern about our country. Oh Lord. And yes. our local, I mean, up and down the ballot, it's not just about president. It is so important. Down the ballot is so important. So you can turn, turn all of your uh, angst into power walking like I do. Yes, it's fun and it burns calories. Yeah, but then I eat them later. So it's, yeah, yeah, because it's and, an excuse to like. Well, I just have that much angst yeah. about everything. Anyway, what else is happening? Oh, you should vote. You should register to vote by uh, October 9th. That's the deadline in Oklahoma. October eighth, ninth. October 9th. Yes, next Friday. Okay. October ninth. So. Uh, Ask everybody, and especially younger folks, make sure everybody's registered to vote, you know? Yeah. If you teach high school, make sure your high school kiddos are yes. registered to vote. Yes. Because if they're 18 before the election, they can register to vote now and then vote in the election. I mean, what, what a lesson in civic responsibility. The 
uh, Lawrence Lane, one of our board members, yes. that's his birthday present. He teaches government and, and history. That's his birthday present to his seniors is he gives them a photo registration form, which I think yeah, is and so a little awesome. book. Yeah. That, that talks about the parties and, you know, it's fantastic. I, I love it. So, um, so you want to be an educated voter and how do you do that? Well, one of our partner organizations, Voice, uh, is having a forum in Oklahoma County for their elections about county government. Yeah. It is October 4th, which is Sunday, mm-hmm. from 4 to 5.30. And, and if you are interested in that, go to the Voice OKC Facebook page mm-hmm. and register to attend. I, I mean, Carrie, they're going to have sheriff candidates, mm-hmm. county commissioner candidates. Yeah. I mean... This is a big... I mean, that's exactly what I was saying about down ballot is so important. Like you want to know, I mean, it's just so critical for families in our communities, wherever we live, that we have great people in office at every level from school board to president. Like, I mean, it's all important. So I love that they're doing that. This is, I mean, sometimes people forget about those races or they don't think they're as important or something, but they have direct impact on our families, our students, their lives. Like, it's a it's a, important to know to know everything up and down the ballot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the county commissioners, especially some of the tax structure and tax Ooh, codes, they big deal. Tiffs, I mean, and and just and as an aside for folks who might not think that count that county government or county elections affect schools, incorrect. Like that, they are critical, especially for our rural districts. But even um, here, I live in Oklahoma City, and um, our um, our county commissioners have been critical for our school district. They have yep. really, I mean, there it's there. That is, if you don't think, if you don't think that's related to education, you are mistaken. That, that is correct. <laughs> and because we partner not just with Oklahoma city folks, we are also partnering with action, which is yeah. in Tulsa, mm-hmm. uh, to put on a candidate connection for uh Congressional District 1, that is uh, Representative Hearn and the candidate uh, Kojo. Mm -hmm. Senate District 35, which is Dossett and Baber. Senate District 39, Rader and Mott Wright. Mm -hmm. House District 79, Provenzano and Alfonso. And House District 71, Brewer and Masters. And so at that forum, they're going to be discussing education, evictions, and student loan debt. And what educator isn't feeling a student loan debt issue? Um, So you can register for that one on Action Tulsa's Facebook page or OEA's page. I know since we're partnering with them, we um, we put up that information, and we're going to have educators, students, community members telling stories. Yeah, um, and then ask those legislators to partner with us to come up to. to have solutions yes that help it's not just about complaining no no i have been so good at that especially since the pandemic started i'm excellent at it but it's also about concrete solutions and actions yeah and and so when we work together when we hear stories from the community you are tied into your constituents mm-hmm. and um and you feel more a part of the whole process so um the more you know <laughs> is what I say. The more you know, and that one is October eighth at six thirty. So, um, so be an educated uh, 
voter and attend some of these things and ask questions and and find out you know you may be friends with a person but they may be voting against your interests mm-hmm. and and you need to know that it's mm-hmm. not about um a person being good or bad inherently it's about do they right. support the things that you support and, right right and that's what that's what it's all about oh man is it election day yet good gravy <laughs> i know i am so tired of the commercials for sure well, I'm glad that we got to visit with some delightful people today. We want to say thank you to Rowdy Washburn and Rena Grissom of Neon for joining us today. Uh, Heather Sparks, uh, and she's just lovely. Thank you so much. Uh, we want to say thank you to listening uh, to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on Apple Podcasts. You can also contact us at friedokrapodcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.